Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Trocum. Frenchie is here. I know we said we'd be joined by Mr. Maluka soon. That will be just a couple days before Christmas, so that'll come out Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday the 21st. I am legitimately going to record it, pick girlfriend up from work and drive to Connecticut to see my family for a couple days so there will be zero editing involved it's we're going to get done recording and I am going to turn around and post it so you get 16 days of notice that the Malukas episode will be totally unedited and I think it's just more fun that way that being said Frenchie how are you Perfect for everyone as they travel to see their families. They'll have that drop on the Thursday before you head out for your Christmas and New Year's vacation. I am doing okay. Yeah. How how are you? It's slow. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's been a weird couple of days in my life, as, as you know. So I'm, I'm just tired. It's, but it is inconceivable that it's almost Christmas time or at least almost holiday time for those who aren't celebrating christmas but are you done your holiday gift shopping actually yes okay like for everybody no no, there's maybe one or two people left but we spent a couple of days just basically ordering everything for everyone online when i guess it was black friday weekend or cyber week whatever all the deals we we figured out stuff for everyone and the amount of packages that have been showing up to my house. Uh, yeah. It, it it looks like a fulfillment center on my porch <laughs> when I when I got home today, but hey, it was okay cuz it's not for us. We're giving that stuff away to other people, sure. so I feel less guilty about it. Sure. I think I just have so technically I have my brother and his wife still, but I know what I'm getting them. I just need to go pick it up at the store this weekend because it's I just want to Look at my options at this little store in person. He knows what it is, so it's not like a surprise or anything. But, And I still need to order my parents' gifts, but I know what I'm getting them to. Girlfriend is done. I got something for her parents. And I got my nephew done. So I think I'm like pretty much, you know, I'm I'm there. I just haven't ordered everything quite yet. But yeah, but that picking the item is the hardest part. So that's right. That's crucial. Right. It takes a long time to decide. So that, that brings me to my non-racing racing question. And you might not have an answer for this one. I don't know. It is what was the best gift you have ever given someone? Now, granted, we could we could we could, you know, maybe you can do what was the best gift you've given Michelle other than your you know, perfect looks and splendid personality and, <laughs> you know, we'll just leave it there. I am trying to think of what I usually get her. I know this year for her 30th birthday, I got her a pretty expensive work bag. Okay. So, I mean, obviously expense doesn't equate to quality of the gift necessarily sure. but i'm trying to think of some other things that i've gotten her that she really likes 
I don't know. I I enjoy getting people gifts that they'll use, which maybe ne isn't necessarily the the most exciting, but I'm into that where when I think about what will this person use and I find something like, I know I got my future brother-in-law a backpack that I'm really into just like buying tool bags. I don't know why, but I got him a backpack that I he still uses. I got him several years ago and he loves it. So something like that is really fulfilling to me that someone actually puts on or finds a way to incorporate into their daily life. I don't know that that's what I like to give people and that because then you're actually getting the money's worth out of it, in my opinion. Right, right. No, that's that's fair. And that's what the approach I took for girlfriend's birthday, as you may remember. I don't know. Honestly, I'm pretty pumped about oh, yeah, the my, socks, the socks. Yep, that's it. The socks and, <laughs> you know, the blue Bic pens that she really, you know, really asked for. True. I, I sent you the part of her Christmas gift that she gets to open on Christmas Day since the event that I have gotten tickets for is not until early April. And I'm pretty pumped at how this part of it turned out. I guess I can't like, really? I, I don't know. I don't think she's going to listen, but just in case... It's pretty cool, and it was a lot of hard work kind of putting together that, plus a little itinerary for our weekend getaway in early April for that, and also starting to plan for our end of April vacation, too. So, or it might be, I don't know when we're exactly doing that now, but at some point this in that month. So you're doing the Lexus... December to remember thing where you put a big red bow on top of a brand new Lexus and she just walks out and sees it, right? Totally. Yep. That's it. Okay. That's what I thought, but I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, you nailed it. You're, you're, how did you know that? Well, I figured when you got her socks for her birthday that you need to make up for it with by Christmas. So the Lexus was the only way you could possibly save your relationship and do that. Yeah, you know, after the wet fart that was those socks for the birthday gift. Yeah, I guess it's only fair. You're right. I guess on that note, we can turn it over to the little bit of actual racing we can talk this week. And that's where you come in because he's oh, let's start with the awards. You you yes. you had the categories. So let me pull up that text. From you okay i have it too if you're yeah i have it now want me to just start okay yeah start start wherever you want so we're doing pretty casual f1 award show because i think if we were to really sit down and pick max verstappen and red bull would win <laughs> almost every category if you did it in the pure sense of you know each of these awards so I try to think of a little bit more interesting or offbeat broad categories that we could pick some unpredictable answers or choices. And so to start, I just wanted to get what your, and this this is going to be hard for you. What is the most positive surprise of the 2023 F1 season in your eyes? 
My vote would be the turnaround for McLaren after the first couple races and how dismal they looked in the preseason and the first couple races and were, you know, both cars were legitimate you know, top five, top seven contenders, essentially the second half of the year. So that's my pick. So you were legitimately surprised that they were able to jump up as far as they did, because they were yes. at the beginning of the season. I think we remember they said, oh, yeah, we screwed up and we're going to fix it. But they didn't know, I guess, where they would be in the pecking order when they did that. Right. Damn, I'm boring you already talking about F1. We're we're first award in and you're already yawning. Yeah, you know, it's this is it's that kind of week. What's your answer surprise for me? Trying to think of what the most positive surprise is. Uh, you know what? I think it's actually going to be that Fernando Alonso and Aston Martin didn't completely melt down. Like that they're still that relationship is still intact. I really expected it to just be war and a really hostile environment because we know Alonzo is a unique personality and so are the strolls. So I didn't really see that going well. And I, I, it may end up turning out that way, but it seems harmonious from the outside as of right now. So that's a positive surprise for me. Yeah, I respect that. Okay, on the other hand, negative surprise. What is the thing that you were most shocked by but in a bad way this season i i had, I don't know if this one is better for this one or the thing slash person you were most annoyed by in 2023 my negative surprise would be despite the influx in spending and money they put into the team Haas f1 still stinks and okay. i don't think they're any better than they were three or four years ago, maybe marginally better, but you know, they're still a backmarker team. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, the only difference I think we're seeing is that they have drivers that are going to bring them better results than they had in the past. I mean, when they had Mazepin and Mick Schumacher, unfortunately, that <laughs> yeah. was not a great pairing for them. And, you know, not to really diss on Mick, but he, he wrecked a lot of equipment and yes, offense meant for you, Nikita Mazepin. You were awful, <laughs> and I hope that, yeah, I'm not going to finish that because it's a it's supposed to be a wonderful, cheerful time of the year, but I hope he gets a big, fat lump of coal for Christmas. Likewise. What's my negative surprise? I think my negative surprise would be, I don't even know if this is that negative, but just how poorly Sergio Perez really did when compared up against Max. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I I, I knew he would crumble, but I expected more of a Botas support role. Right. Not the complete shattered human being that he was there for a period of the season. Yeah, that's that's fair. Okay, this is, might be hard for you because I don't know. This is hard for me too because I don't. I'm not able to pick that many out and just off the top of my head. But what was the best livery or helmet design, like a special edition one of the season that you can recall quickly? I would say that before we get to that one, we should talk about our friends at NordVPN. 
because ah. they're very important to our December success. Use promo code parlay, P-A-R-L-E-Y, or go to nordvpn.com slash parlay to grab our huge discount off of your new NordVPN plan. Go to nordvpn.com slash parlay. The link will all will give you four extra months on a two-year plan. No risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. The link is in the podcast episode description, so please check it out now. With that being said, my answer is Fernando Alonso's Suzuka helmet. Okay, I like that. Mine is the special Union Jack livery that Williams put on their car for 800 races or whatever at Silverstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really okay. like that one. I just think their their livery is cool anyway. I like the more solid color liveries like the Aston Martin and the Williams anyway. I don't, but I respect that take. Okay, so you already kind of said it could fit under this, but yeah, thing or person, whatever, just anything of the F1 season you are most annoyed by. And it could for you just be the entire <laughs> atmosphere of F1 for 2023 because it turned you off that much yeah but i don't that's such a boring answer that my answer is going to be sprint races okay i there we have some news about that i can't wait to talk about it i love them so much so does max verstappen (laughs) max and i agree on that on that at least Thing, thing or person i was most annoyed by i'm still annoyed by this but the whole andretti saga Go away. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. like this, this doesn't need to be a story. Let them in or don't. Yeah. Right? Make your decision yep. and have a legitimate justification for either way. I'm just tired of the speculation. Give us an answer because it like just drawing it out is it's it's calamitous. But oh well. It's hard it's, to argue with you on that. I think one. F1 likes to do this. I mean, yeah, because it keeps them in the press, especially, you know, exactly. There will be something that happens or you're trying to deflect from a, you know, Max Verstappen's 19th straight win by 10 seconds or, you know, whatever. But yeah. We yeah. have what? One more oh. award? Yeah. That's what I, I, I just remembered something we were going to bring up. And it was that video of Mohammed Ben Salam absolutely wrecking. <laughs> an f1 car when he was doing a demo run remember when i sent you that and yeah, i said yeah, i was yeah. gonna bring this up to make fun of him yeah maybe we should post that go for it yeah i think we might post that if people haven't seen it it's definitely worth seeing it was way worse than who is it mark royce the gm ceo or head of chevrolet oh yeah 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 smacked i asked the wall in the corvette yeah pace car My, yeah i think Detroit. You, i think you got that right yeah. Okay. Anyway, this is way more embarrassing because Muhammad Ben Salam is actually supposed to be like a rally driver and have ability. But yeah, it's it's funny to see. Okay. The wait, did I say the thing that I was most annoyed by? I just said that, right? Or no? Yes, you did the Andretti stuff. Yes. Okay. So the race you would try to go to next season, if you could choose one, like which would you attend in person? Because it looked fun on the TV when you weren't watching it. <laughs> uh, so like my serious answer would be none of them because look at how this season went. My, you know, once yeah, but let's say we get to go for free. 
and yeah. just like go yeah. to an F one race. Like you wouldn't go for the experience. You would go. No, right? I would. Yeah, I would. Okay. I would. I would love to go to Suzuka. I've heard some great things about it, and I also would like to visit Japan one day. So I think that would be my pick. Okay, it's a good one. Um, you? I think that I would try to go to next season if I could choose one. It would not be any of the U.S. rounds. Correct. Just want to make that very clear. Let's see. I would probably. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. I don't know. I, I want to go to the Hungaro ring for some reason. I don't really know what else there is to do in Hungary. Probably not much. I'm, I don't I don't mean to destroy it, like to insult an entire yeah. country, but especially because don't you have Hungarian heritage or something? Yeah, Michael Jokum the first came here from Hungary in like 1901 or something. But it Sierra. wasn't Hungary then, right? It was some other country or it was oh, Austro-Hungary or something at that time. I don't know my history that well. Oh, we did have this last one. What was the most expensive mistake of the season in, that you think? It could, this is very broad. Spending money on F1 TV when I only watched the first, you know, You should just races share TV. mine. Yeah, I canceled it. I think after. I imagine you can have. I would imagine so. Yeah, if not, I have YouTube TV, yeah. so it's not the end of the world. But yes, yeah, so you could just watch the ESPN broadcast. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. I mean, that wasn't that expensive, but fair. Uh, most people. expensive mistake for me is. This kind of relates to something you said, and it's just Haas existing as an organization. That's fair. Yep. Sell it to somebody else who cares. That's who Audi really should have bought, because then Sauber could have stayed as something else, or you know, who, whatever. But yeah, it's just like, why are you wasting your money if you're putting in minimal effort, and just phoning it in every week and every year? Actually, <laughs> yes. Rich Energy needs to take over that team. They should buy it. You hear that William story? I know you listen. William Story is hate, a, listen. William Stories is a putz. <laughs> he hate listens to this. I know it. <laughs> he spite listens. 
<laughs> totally. I mean, well, we know like some people do that. Elk blood or whatever, like a Joe Rogan style thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I. Yeah, sorry, I got distracted because I'm exhausted. I'm, you know, you know what is annoying is I'm tired. I had almost nothing to do today, and I still will not sleep decent tonight because I'll be annoyed that this week has been annoying. Is it because you didn't do enough during the day that you'll just like you didn't get enough energy out because you weren't busy enough? I, you know, it, it could partially be that it could also partially be frustration from having to deal with some of the people I deal with on a daily basis right now. So I don't know. It's, it's hard yeah, to say pointed what... directly at me. I did not. I, <laughs> <laughs> there were three people this weekend who had to bear the brunt of my frustration. And that would be girlfriend, you and my friend, Lindsay, who I think lives in Atlanta now. Somewhere, somewhere else. So that's where the next F one race is going to be. Oh, and my buddy John, who I went to high school with, who was here on Sunday watching the Eagles get demolished. So oh, yeah, that was weird. It was. I, I listen. I called it during the week, and I said that the Yankees, uh, the Yankees, the uh, Eagles would lose. So get it out of the way with now. Anyway, what else do we have left? Okay, so I've got a couple of news items just to quickly rattle off and get your thoughts on. Okay. Before we do, I think there's one or two bigger items. But the first is that apparently Spanish Grand Prix is moving to Madrid uh, from 2026, ending Barcelona's longstanding role as, the, I guess, the major track in Spain. Um, I mean, this is obviously like a semi-permanent venue similar to those in Montreal and Melbourne where it's a street. Yeah. But that they have stuff set up all year. Singapore is kind of the same way. I saw different reactions. I mean, some people were happy because everyone seems to complain about Barcelona as a circuit. Yeah. Us, I mean, ourselves included. But then I saw a lot of people angry that it was going to be a street race. Like, oh, Barcelona's been on the track or on this, the calendar since 1991 it has heritage how are you going to do this f1 is just going straight to cities and just becoming all spectacle it's like okay well whatever they did with it people were going to be upset about this because if they stayed with barcelona they were going to get the uh this place again and then now they're going to a street track which has shown to be successful it's a major european city I mean, I think that's probably going to be awesome for them, especially like Alonzo racing and getting to race in, you know, Madrid street circuit. That's going to be pretty cool. And his fans are going to be out in force and Carlos Sainz. So I, I don't know if you have thoughts about this. I saw the track map. It looks like your average street circuit. A lot of 90 degree corners, but yeah, yeah. that's kind of what you, you expect. Right. Um, do you think... This is actually a question I just thought of. Okay. And it relates to our next news item. Ooh. Do you think that F1 going to, you know, city centers and really 
becoming, I mean, we see NASCAR doing the same thing. IndyCar is going the same way. Will, will that just completely destroy Formula E as a product? That was pretty much the only thing I think that was keeping Formula E alive was that they raced in places like New York, that they, you know, in Rome, in play, like crazy places at that Tempelhof airport in down like downtown Berlin. Then they go to a place like Portland, the racetrack, and it's it didn't look right. It was weird. So do you think first, are you excited to see a street track in Madrid? And second, will it kill off Formula E? I'm indifferent because I don't really care, but I'm a little disappointed because I I think that in general, the city races are my least favorite in terms of on-track product. With with the rare exception, you know, I think there's a couple good street, uh, city circuit races across all racing every year. So it's not to say every single one stinks, but in general, I like them the least. So yeah, I'm kind of indifferent. Will it kill Formula E? I think in the short term, no. I think in a couple years, if the series hasn't brought in kind of, I don't know, some sort of new innovation, it will slowly peter out. But I don't think it's going to go anywhere in the next couple of years. Okay. I, that's not the answer I expected from you, but interesting. No, I think you're right about street circuits being some of the worst in terms of racing, but I also like that you don't have the track limits question. There's just a wall for you to hit. Fair. Fair. So that's not a problem. And then the qualifying is just so cool. And depending on whether they do it at night, I mean, just visually watching on TV, the spectacle is really cool. And if F1 is not really producing amazing racing right now, I'd rather see them race in cool places and have a spectacle of, you know, these massive Chevy suburban sized cars, like threading their way through small European streets. That'd be cool. Yeah, I think too many city street circuits is kind of flim flam, but it, I guess, you know, it is what it is and I have no say in the matter. So we should probably just continue to move on. Okay. So as I said, the that Formula E question related to one of our other news items. And I sent you this, and this was just like, I had to check and make sure this was real because it was kind of a strange, pretty random. I mean, the headline was <laughs> Kubica makes a bizarre X-rated Formula E comparison. And so he was asked on a po- podcast, which is called Guru Landia. I don't know what that is, but essentially I asked about what the next step in his career is. And he said, I'm not against electric race cars. No. In fact, I've had some offers and I've refused a lot of money. You know, kind of people, I guess, assume, you know, he's doing some LMP racing and I guess they see a lot of the individuals like Felipe Massa or whoever, those who had a try in Formula One and then aren't really competitive anymore or can't find a ride like Giovinazzi, they end up going to Formula E. But he said, for him, a track vehicle or a competitive vehicle must make noise. I have a saying, but it's bad to say it out loud. 
It's a bit like having sex with an inflated doll. I remember the smell of petrol in 2006 in the pit lane when Alonzo's Renault Pass. That was the scent that reminded me of go-karts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I... So, comparing Formula E to the experience of simulating sexual relations with an inflatable doll. We can just leave that there if you want. I don't know if we should really delve into that at all. No, I think we should just leave it there and move on. So I stop laughing because we're never going to get through the, that actual news piece. Yeah, I just wanted people to see this comment or hear this comment because yeah. it is off the wall. And I hadn't seen it. So I don't know if it had really blown up. And I think it should. Yeah, that's okay. totally fair. Um, we have the announcement on our six races, six sprint races for next season. They anyway. are Miami, Coda, China, uh, the Red Bull Ring in Austria, Brazil, and Qatar. I, Miami's lame already, the track kind of itself. Um, I don't even remember what the china track layout is that oh yeah i do never mind um red bull ring okay whatever we'll see whatever they're sprint races it will either they're gonna go away or they're gonna take over i don't think this six races out of a 24 race season calendar is gonna last for that long i think they're either gonna get more popular f1's gonna realize hey this experiment didn't work and we can dump this or they'll just double down and change the rules for the 13th straight year in 2030 when we're still doing sprint races. Yeah, I mean, that could also happen. Yeah. It's like they could just continually experiment and do little minor tweaks to see what moves the needle without realizing that they're not addressing the fundamental issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Actually, that sounds like the Ferrari and the F1 way of doing things. And since Stefano Domenicali is the head of F1 now, it tracks. That's probably what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you predict the future. You should bet on that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. All right. What do we have left? Um, Let's see. I have two things. Okay. Or three, actually. The first okay. is uh, Leclerc is reportedly going to extend his Ferrari contract. Um, I guess this was reported by Gazzetta della Sport, which is the Italian uh, newspaper, like sports newspaper, very credible. I mean, they, they are all seeing all knowing when it comes to Ferrari. Okay. Uh, they have their sources somehow. So I guess they say, that he's going to be, Leclerc's going to be with Ferrari until 2029. He's going to sign an extension. And then he's going to be earning, like his. I guess his contract will increase in price every year until he reaches 50 million euros in 2029. Um, Yeah. And then Carlos Sainz, I don't know what's going to happen with him. He's also under contract until the end of 2024, but it's not clear. I mean, this, if true, and we believe it is, would suggest that, as we kind of expect, Ferrari has chosen Charles Leclerc as their golden boy. Sure. And they're just going to continue with him as their number one. 
And so if your signs, do you want to stay there and know that you're the number two? Or do you maybe try to go with Audi? Or do you take a McLaren seat again? Or maybe a Mercedes seat? Who knows what he's going to do? But I think um, you stay. Okay. But Lando Norris's contract with McLaren runs out at the end of 2025. I think we can't answer that well, question. Well, then Oscar until... Piastri would take over if yeah. Lando moves. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. But you know what Mr. Leclerc should do with all of his you know, extra money he's going to be getting? And you know, he's, he's online a lot, so he's really going to need NordVPN. And just in case you guys forgot earlier in the episode, we are going to do a second one with our friends from NordVPN to grab our huge discount. Mr. LeClaire, please go to nordvpn.com slash parlay. The link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. No risk at all with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. The link is in the podcast description. So again, nordvpn.com slash parlay, and you can keep all of your internet stuff safe from all those prying Ferrari eyes. Yes, I think if Charles had had NordVPN, this news probably wouldn't have leaked. Exactly. Like, is that a Della Sport? Their reporters wouldn't have right. been able to find it. Right. So, you know, we really need to maybe we'll help Charles out and tweet him the the NordVPN link. Okay. Do we have anything? Sure, maybe we can connect them with Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. There's last thing, the big news that we've seen today. I don't know if you've been following this, but the FIA opened some investigation into they didn't name them, but everyone pretty much says yeah, that it's about Toto and Susie Wolf. And so there's some statement being made, I guess, or they said something about that information of a confidential nature is being passed to an F1 team principal from a member of the FOM, right? The, what is yeah. that? The formula one management yeah, or something like that personnel. Um, Susie and Toto are married, so I don't really know how you expect to keep all of that stuff private, Correct. but I wouldn't really expect them to, even if they talk about it in their personal life, like as they literally probably go to sleep next to each other, I doubt they're doing anything with that information. They know the repercussions of kind of having inside information, and both of them seem like upstanding people. Um, Susie has come out with a very strongly worded statement. And I think F1 even came out with a statement being like, wow, FIA, you didn't tell us about this. We're pissed off that you even are alleging this and didn't really warn anyone. So some drama for the off season, of course. I don't know if there's really anything more to say about that other than we'll watch it and see what happens. I don't really think that anything's going to come of it. But the thing I wanted to leave our listeners with that I got excited for was that it looks like there's going to be a movie about the 1983 uh, World Rally Championship. Did you see this going around? I did not. I don't know how much you know about the groupie era, but I used to watch a ton of stuff about no. it on YouTube. And I'm pretty obsessed. I mean, this is the season where the Lancia 037 was a rear wheel drive car 
uh, went up against the Audi Quattro with four wheel drive and you had Walter Roll and just all these legends. Um, the guy who played Nicky Lauda, Daniel Bruhl, or he played Nicky Lauda in Rush is in this movie. It's called Race for Glory, Audi versus Lancia. I don't know where it's going to be, like where it's going to come out, if it's actually going to be released in theaters or what, but maybe we can post this too because I am all in for a historic motorsports movie because the Ferrari one's going to come out soon. And then this, sign me up. Just, I, just give me some more motorsport books to read and just keep feeding this stuff my way and I'll be a happy, happy camper. Yeah. I I mean, I'll watch it. I, I don't know anything about that type of racing for the most part, but I'll definitely watch it. All right. We're going to wrap it there because we've been going on for a while. Everybody have a lovely weekend. We'll be back next week to ramble through any other news insert random words into said episode and come up with ridiculous questions to start the episode. Okay. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along The Planted Runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you.